Welcome to the Kingdom Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jamie Dixon. For more great content, visit klcmain.com. All right, Psalm 46. We're going to, I want to, I know there, it was on the, it was on the schedule for us to, uh, for us to get into um, radical generosity, and I want to give a little plug for it. Uh, the next few weeks are going to be really fun. How many of you guys know that generosity has nothing to do with money? Nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with uh, the nature of God being pressed upon our lives. How many of you guys know that, that the Father spared nothing when he gave his son for you and I? The core tenet of what we believe to be true concerning Jesus Christ in the kingdom and your, how many guys know that when you give your life to Jesus and he puts his Holy Spirit inside of you, that he's beginning of work of transforming you into the likeness of himself. He is conquering all of your humanity and, and bringing you into like alignment to a divine nature. How many guys know that part of that is that you would actually live for no material thing, but would live a radically generous life, ready to lay down your life for the Father's glory. And so how many of us know that we actually can't see revival, and we will never see the kingdom come in its full expression until a body of believers learns to live in out of radical generosity. How many of us want to get radically generous with your worship? Radically generous with your, with your life? radically generous knowing that you ha- you do- you're not afraid of anything you're, you don't have to be you, you, how many of you want to be radically generous with your uh, 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 even with your um, uh, sure <laughs> what else radically generous with your family radically generous with your personality radically generous with your with your relationships and your friendships radically generous that your life would be a poured out offering at the feet of Jesus say your kingdom come and your will be done here as it is in heaven this 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 sermon series is not going to be about money it's going to it's going to be about revival is that all right so Get ready for that. It's going to be fun. Tonight, we're going to get in on the war on shame. Um, in 18 years of ministry, I don't think I've ever taught something as powerful as what the sermon series we're going to be doing. I'd encourage you. Uh, how many of you guys know that shame has become a narrator for the majority of our lives? It is the narrator. Have you guys ever watched a movie with a narrator? And the narrator's talking, and the actors really don't know what's going on, but the narrator's kind of controlling the outcome of the movie or something. How many of you know that, that there's so many times we're living our life, we don't even realize that shame is the narrator? And it has literally defined our lives and the way that we live and interact and move. And when we shine a light on shame, you're going to be astonished by where shame has actually gotten its grip and defined you and called you names and, and, and has, uh, has made you live a specific way. And uh, we're declaring a war on shame. Some of you know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Shame is not your portion. Boldness in, in your identity is your portion. And so we're going we're gonna to rip shame off of your lives. And every label and scarlet letter that's ever been placed upon you is going to get ripped off your life. And you're going to walk in a, in a deliverance and a freedom like you've never known before. So I, I would mark off Sunday nights. And I'd be there. So, All right. Finally getting into it. Psalm 46. Let's go. Um, I, I wanted to get into this instead of, instead of where we, um, the sermon series, because there's been a lot of life. And I haven't had a chance as your pastor I know these guys have done an incredible job navigating and walking the community through stuff, but man, while I was gone, nation shook, our state shook, and even um, global ministries are shaking right now. And uh, we, we are in a time of shaking. And um, as we've been going through things, uh, 
you know, my, my wife and I, we were, um, when, when uh, the war on Israel began, the terrorist attacks started, um, it was at the end of what's called the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and this is why it's a holy war, right? Because they actually attacked during the Feast of Tabernacles. And during that time, my wife and I were in Mexico on our vacation. And we were there, and what we didn't realize is that on the Feast of Tabernacles in Mexico, they run these, like, specials to bring Jewish families to Mexico and for them to have vacations and spend their Feast of Tabernacles there. So we were on a plane home the next day, and, um, and we were on a plane back to Newark. And, guys, we were, like, the only non-Jewish people on that plane. And I remember my wife and I were like, it feels so sacred. It feels so holy that we get to be on this plane and pray for the next three hours over these families. You know, and with everything that was going on, and, and um, our hearts have been, have been so, you know, I've been to Israel five times. I know those city streets. I have so many friends that are over there. Um, we're, we, were, we were walking, you know, to dinner and stuff at night, watching videos from our friends, giving live updates, having to end them to go into bomb shelters. And we were watching live updates and conversations, and our hearts were just struck. Then, of course, what took place in, in Lewiston, and, and um, you know, really over the last... 30 days, my prayer, I, I, every single day I've opened Psalm 46 and I've read it. And uh, this has been my prayer. Because Psalm 46 is a song in times of trouble. And um, is it okay if I just teach you Psalm 46? Is that okay? Um, because it's a song in, in, in times of trouble. And um, how many of us know in times of trouble, God is most visible? In times of trouble, God is most visible. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's because God is making himself more visible. But I think our soul becomes much more sensitive and seeking for, for the Father. And where are you? And out of the confusion of shaking times, we come looking. And we start asking, where are you? And what is your heart towards this? And what are you doing? And, and we begin to ask questions. And we begin to, begin to seek the Lord. And when the world is shaking, God desires to be known and to make himself known. In Psalm 46, uh, let's read it together, and then and then we're gonna we're, we're gonna go line by line. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you the whole the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, everyone say therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed. And though the mountain be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though, the mountain, uh, though its mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her and she will not be moved. God will help her just as the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted, for the Lord of hosts is with us. Everyone say, with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come on. Come and behold the works of the Lord. For who has made the desolations in the earth? He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. For the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah.
There's three selahs in this passage. And the, the word selah is an invitation to sit in silence and consider something. When he says, the God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts is with us. And when it says selah, what it's saying is sit in silence and let me fill the void for a moment. What he's saying is, is take what I just said and don't let it go in one ear and out the other. I need you to ruminate for a moment. I need you to hover over this revelation. Do you remember when the, when the, uh, when the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters of the deep? And you, do you guys remember the creation? I need you to understand that is Selah. God is hovering in the moment, revealing something to you, where he's saying, don't pass by this moment right now. Stop and put all of the faculties of your mind, your imagination, and your emotion, and let me fill the void of silence right now. Because we don't need to just kind of know this. It needs to be a revelation that is owned and pressed upon our heart. And in this passage, there's three selahs. There's three things where you go, stop and consider what I'm revealing to you right now. And what I want to present to you is that they are not just things that God will do. What he's saying is this is who God is. The three selahs are three names of God. And he's revealing something in times of trouble, not what God will do, not just his ability, but what it's revealing is, is this is your God. And I want to talk about the three names of God revealed in Psalm 46. Is that okay? In Psalm 46, um, you know, and th- this is why it's so important that God is revealing himself. In Psalm, in, in Psalm 84, it, it says, um, blessed are those whose strength is in you, who, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. For as though, even though they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. And they go from glory, and glory to glory until they all appear before God in Zion. You know, what, what's important to understand about, like, God revealing himself in times of trouble is that going from glory to glory isn't about going from success to success, victory to victory. It's actually going from revelation to revelation. Because it says, even though they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. What does that mean? That means that they go through dry and hard places, and because their heart is so set on the house of the Lord, that they make that place a place that is life-giving and bears fruit. And when it says we're going from glory to glory, it means we're going from discovery and revelation of who God is to discovery and revelation of who God is. It's about going, it's about collecting the revelations of the nature of God and pressing them upon my understanding. Because we have to stop defining hard seasons by the breakthrough and start defining it by the revelation. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we define a hard season by the breakthrough that's coming instead of what God is revealing about himself in the season. Because at the end of, the, at the end of a hard season, I can go through it and be like, well, I'm glad I'm out of that. And we just keep getting the same revelation that he's the God of victory and the God of breakthrough. That's great. Did you also know that he's the same God who sets a table before you in the presence of your enemies? We have to start actually, it, it, it's, I want us to come to a point where we say, man, this is really hard season, but I discovered a portion of God I never knew, so bless God. I would never give that season away for anything because he revealed a part of himself that I never knew. 
than in that place. Jehovah, uh, I'm sorry, in Psalm 46, 1 to 3, he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. He goes on and, and he says, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, God is our refuge and our strength. The word for God is our refuge is Jehovah Moxie. M-O-X-I-E. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let, let me make this palatable to Mainers. Jehovah. Um, it, it's M-A-C-H-S-I. God is our refuge. That word refuge does not mean that he takes you out of the storm. It means that he becomes a covering in the storm. It gives this idea that I'm standing in a storm, but I'm not getting wet. He's an umbrella. He's a covering in the time of the storm. He says that he is our refuge. Uh, I am... I, he says, I am your, uh, God is our refuge and strength. That word strength means bold, loud, and powerful. He is what I am not. He, when, when I need it the most, he's a capable source of power. He is my strength and my refuge. He's a very present help in times of trouble. That word help literally means that God is sensitive to my cry. He doesn't look away from me. I want, this is why Selah is so important. Because we go through so many problems and we feel so unseen and unheard and unknown and we go, we feel so lonely. It's part of the human experience. And when God says, I am a very present help in times, times of trouble, do you realize he's speaking directly to your humanity saying, I won't look away. I'm the good Samaritan. And if you're lying in a ditch, I won't be too busy and pass you up. I will stop and tend to your needs. I am a very present help in times of trouble. I am a refuge and a covering. And though you're in a storm, you won't get wet. Do you guys, do you guys realize that you might be going through something traumatic, but you won't get trauma? You can go through something horrific, but you won't come out smelling like smoke. He's listening to your cry, and he's entering in. And Paul later says that in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. He is my strength. He's loud and boisterous when I am meek and quiet. He fights my battles. And then he says this, and he goes, therefore. Everyone say it again. Therefore. I will not fear. What we have to understand is that these three beliefs, that God is my refuge, that God is my strength, and he is, an, he is a, a, a helper in my times of need. What he's saying is, is that these three revelations, if you believe this about, about God, Jehovah Moxie, my refuge, my strength, my shield, my deliverer, if you understand who he is and if you believe it, fear cannot get a hold on you. He's saying three things. If you believe these three things, therefore, we will not fear. Even though the mountains shake at the swelling, and even though they get removed from the earth, and even though everything is shaking and falling around you, if you believe that he's a refuge, if you believe that he's a helper in your time of need and he's a strength, 
I'm telling you right now, those situations won't define you. And they won't define your season. And they won't shake you or get to you because you, you are secure in your belief and understanding of who God is, Jehovah Moxie. Fear can't get a grip on your life. And if you, if you believe that wherever there's an absence of those beliefs, fear will fill the void. Fear will come in where you don't believe those things to be true. It will take any opportunity. You know, I, I remember, um, I remember my, my wife and I, we, we were in Salem, Massachusetts, did a night of ministry. She was nine weeks pregnant with uh, my daughter, um, uh, Hattie, and uh, we were driving home and our car just wildly, like in a light rain, um, hydroplaned at 75 miles an hour. And we lost control and our SUV flipped seven times down the highway. It went so high and so far in the air that it actually jumped from northbound to southbound. It was completely crushed in like a pancake. It, it, it was, there was no sides and, and no, no top, no, it was crazy. And, uh, and she was nine weeks pregnant and we were both hanging upside down when it finally stopped rolling. I was like, you good? She's like, yeah, I'm good. And we, we let ourselves out, and we crawled out, and we stood on the side of the highway. It was, three, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning because we are coming home from our ministry trip. And we're standing there, and we're looking at it, scratching our heads. People are coming and running up beside us going, is there anybody in there? Not knowing that we were the ones. And the cops showed up, and, he, and waiting to find a body, kind of, and had no idea that we were the drivers because we weren't touched. Not a scratch. I know my wife had one small scratch and it was in the shape of a heart right here, right here. But not, not a mark on our body, not, not even soreness the next day. We were unscathed because we were in an accident. The enemy was able to touch our things, but he couldn't touch our life. Why? Because God is my refuge. Therefore, I will not fear if you, if you believe this and understand this, it doesn't matter. The car can roll seven times down the highway. Enemy, you can have anything that I own. I don't care. It's not mine. You can't touch my life because he's my refuge. Does this make sense? It's a revelation we have to get. God is my refuge. Psalm 46, uh, 47. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. God is in the midst of her. Say that with me. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God shall help her just as the break of dawn. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. For the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is a refuge. Um, Emmanuel, God with us. There is a river for us to understand that it, it really is connected to Ezekiel 47, that there's a river that flows from the throne of God. How many of you guys know the, the, the river is his presence? It's not his presence, E-N-T-S. It's his presence, E-N-C-E. What I need you to understand is it's not what he does, it's who he is. It's the fact that God is here. This is the river. That God is, stands in the midst there. It's not just what he does. It's not just his healings, his miracles. It's not just church services where you just can feel all the goosebumps. And, and, and he brings breakthrough here and brings breakthrough there. And No, that's not what we're talking about. 
God with us, Emmanuel, is the presence, E-N-C-E. He is here standing in the midst of her. In the midst of your life, God is here. And just like wherever a river goes, the life of a city surrounds the source of water. It, 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 it fertilizes barren grounds. It brings life where things are dead. It cleanses dirty places. Wherever a river goes, dead things come alive. Ezekiel 47, and it causes trees to bear fruit in season and out of season. Why? Because their, their roots draw water from the sanctuary. And when it says that there is a river who makes glad the cities of our God, it's saying that his presence is in the city. And when the presence is in the city, no thing will be able to wage war or cause it to be moved. God with us. Like a river, his presence becomes the life source of all my activity. Like a river, his presence turns even barren places in me and makes them fertile and alive. Like a river, his presence cleanses the dirty places of my mind and my soul. Emmanuel, God is here. The presence of God is not an event, it's a reality. And it's not just something that happens, it's who he is. Because he is Emmanuel... He sent his son to tear the veil between heaven and earth and put the Holy Spirit inside of you, not just for the event of it, but because it's who he is. He's not a God that lives in separation from you. He's so Emmanuel, God with us, that your sin doesn't cause him to run away. He is so Emmanuel, is so in his nature that you can't change it. Oh, we're... This is too quiet. You all need to come back for the shame series. Shame has been the narrator of your life so much, you can't even hear what I'm saying right now. You have, you have taken bad things that have happened in your life and wondered what you did to cause him to leave. And I'm telling you right now, you're not that powerful. Your sin isn't that big that can get God to leave you and to change his very nature. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he is so committed to his own nature that he sent his one and only son to become Emmanuel, God with us, and give his Holy Spirit. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. There is no sin that could actually cause him to, to, to forsake you. Are, you. are you guys hearing me? He's Emmanuel, God with us. When we live in the awareness and I host the presence of God in my life, I invite the life-giving movement of the Holy Spirit into every dead, broken, and dirty place in my life. What we have to understand in times of trouble is that he's Emmanuel and he's here. And you can look at the situation around you and go, where did you go? And he goes, I'm right here. And when you realize that he didn't leave and bad things happened, but bad things happened and he stepped in and he's here, then you would understand that the life source of how I respond in this moment and I live in faith and I move and have my being and I operate from truth and peace and joy is all rooted that there's a river. There's a river and it's flowing right now. There's a river and it's flowing right now it's here god is in the midst of her she will not be moved some of you need to start declaring that over your family start saying that over your marriage god is in the midst of this and we will not be moved 
God is in my home right now. We will not be moved. God is in the midst of Maine, and she will not be moved. Come on, God is in the midst of Israel right now, and she will not be moved. God is present, and we will not be moved by anything in this life or world. Why? Because the presence of God is here, and he is a life source, and he is a river. And wherever he goes, dead things come alive. Let's go. All right, last one. You ready? Psalm 46, 8 through 11. Jehovah Sabaoth, Elohim. God of the angel armies, the great I am. Look at, he says, come and behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts, it literally means that there is, there, he is a commander of an army of angels that are arrayed for battle. Standing in the readied position. They are not hanging out just waiting for orders. They are spears ready, in order, ready to pounce, pointed out, waiting for the word go. Do you know that when you pray, you pray with Jehovah Sabaoth? Did you know that? And when you pray, there are angels standing ready, waiting for your voice to activate them. An innumerable company waiting for their orders, all being led by Elohim, the supreme God, judge of all the earth. Do you see him rightly? Do you see the Lord rightly? He says, this is who I am. I am Jehovah Sabaoth. I am The great I am. Then he says, come and behold the works of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. That word be still means drop down into a place of rest. Lower your hands from working. Stop trying to put your hands on everything. Some of y'all need to get a revelation of Elohim. Stop trying to do it all in your strength. You keep messing it up. You have the judge of all the earth. Waiting to partner with you. This is who he is. And he's got an innumerable company of angels ready to be on assignment at the mentioning of your words. Be still. Put your hands down. Some of you all tense. Drop it back. Be still and know that I am God. You are not. When he says Elohim, I am God. Do you know what that also means? You are not. Do you know why that's so powerful? Not just because of what he says, but what he's also not saying. I am God. You are not. Lower your hands. Stop working. Do you realize how much, like actually, you might call it lazy and inaction. Do you realize that God calls that faith and trust? When God says, I am, it also means you are not. And he says, be still and know that I am God. That word know is the word yada. Yada. That word has been translated not only to know and your understanding, but the word is also used as sex between a husband and wife. And he, he says this. He says, you're like, oh, okay, explain. God's inviting us to know him. God's inviting us to know him, not just from the perception of a distance, not just to know him through uh, the words of somebody else, not just to hear the stories about him, or to try to make sense of him through appearance outwardly. God wants to know you 
and for you to know him intimately from personal experience to actually walk with him through the hardest moments of your life and invite him into the vulnerability of your life and trust him. He wants to be known intimately and share life with you. And how many of you guys know that with, with knowledge comes confidence? And this is what he says. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. What he's saying is if you know me, you know this all ends with me exalted. There's no other ending. There's no other alternate ending at the end of the DVD. Remember those? There's no other end of the story. When this is all said and done, I am the great I am, Jehovah Sabaoth. I am the Lord of the angel armies. This all ends with me seated and thrown over all the earth with every knee bowed, tongue confessed that I alone am God. So if you know me, you would not fear, you would not worry because you know how this ends. There's no plan B. There's no other, there's no underdog in this story. He ends exalted over the earth. So why do you worry? Be still and know I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. Like, like, like don't worry about Maine in America. Like everyone's freaking out. We've got all of our stories about like the Illuminati and the, and the, and the lizard people are like planning all these like global conquests. And like we're freaking out. If you know God, that you know that this whole story ends with him highly exalted. So watch them play all their games. And watch the world freak out and shake. You don't ever partner with fear. Because he's a refuge. You'll stand in the storm and not get wet. His presence is here right now so you won't be moved. And he is the Lord of the angel armies. So calm down. You know how this ends. This is why this is a song in times of trouble. Because God doesn't just want you to be confident in what he does. He wants you to be confident in who he is. He wants you to know him. He wants to be known by you. Times of trouble are invitations to intimacy and to revelation because the season will not be defined by what took place. It will be defined by the revelation that we discover. Is that all right? So you guys stand with me. Mm -hmm.